moments. They're set apart for you. And not to hear what I have to say, but to hear what you have to say. And you've chosen this portion of Scripture. I pray that you'd give me the words that you would have spoken this evening and you'd help everything said to be for your honor and glory and the edification of your people. Lord, we thank you for salvation. Thank you for the act of believer's baptism that we get to follow you after salvation. And Lord, thank you for a new life. Thank you that you save us where we're at, but you don't leave us there. And you give us a new life. And help us to live in the fullness of that life. We pray in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. Romans chapter 6 is a powerful, powerful portion of Scripture and talks about how we can be delivered from sin. We don't have time to dissect the entire chapter, but one of the benefits of salvation is that you are no longer in bondage to sin. Not only do we no longer have to go to hell, which is the eternal punishment for sin, but today, right now, you can be free from whatever sins are holding you back, from whatever problems and uh, sins, lusts, uh, are and have entangled you your whole life. You can be free of those. Uh, the world, a lost person, can never truly be free from sin. They can trade sins. They can stop doing one thing only to trade it for another. But they can never be truly free. Uh, because of the sin nature. But whenever we accept Christ on the cross, He destroyed the, true, true, the, the sin nature. He defeated death. And uh, through salvation, we get to live a different way. A divine life. A supernatural life through the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and the verses we specifically talk about now talk about baptism. And the truth of baptism into Christ, and the symbol of water baptism after salvation. So tonight we're going to have a baptism, and that's called believer's baptism. And that means that believers getting baptized. There's no place in the Bible where non-believers got baptized. That means children can't be biblically baptized because children can't believe. Uh, That means... That being baptized doesn't take away your sin. Joining a church doesn't take away your sin. Uh, It's called believer's baptism. And baptism literally means to immerse or to dip, to to put under the water. So there is no such thing biblically as baptism by sprinkling or baptism by pouring. Uh, That's why we have to find some deep water. And downstairs we have a, a tank. Or we've baptized people in lakes, in rivers, in the ocean. But you got to have enough water to get your whole body under. And uh, sometimes that's harder than others. I remember years ago, we baptized Brother Dennis. And uh, we took him over to the lake. And I remember we, we put on the, the uh, robe, and he's trying to put the robe on. And he comes out, he's like, Pastor, it's not fitting. Well, he's got this shoulder ripped. Because he's trying just to yank it on, and it's, it's not fitting. So it's like ripped down here. And he's got it not zipped up all the way. And I'm like, bro, why didn't you just tell me it didn't fit? And uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to make it. And uh, uh, anyway, one of the joys of my life to, to baptize him. And uh, we took him over. This is back when we was baptizing in Martha's Pond. 
behind her house and, and had a whole slew of people lined up there. And, and uh, well, Dennis gets baptized. And there's plenty of water there, but I didn't know. He went down and he splashed on me a little bit. And then uh, I brought him back up and he looks at me and he starts splashing water on me. And I'm like destroying the sanctity of the moment, right? <laughs> and I'll never forget that. Uh, baptism is a very sober time. Uh, but it's the symbolism of baptism is beautiful. And the symbolism of baptism, you know that it means whenever someone gets in the water, they're symbolizing they believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for their sins. Then when they go under the water, they're buried, and that symbolizes their belief in the burial of Jesus Christ, the death and burial. And then when they come up out of the water, that symbolizes their faith in the resurrection. Uh, And baptism is just acting out what we believe in our heart already. So baptism is a lot like my wedding ring. If I take off my wedding ring, I'm still married. Uh, And you can tell I never take it off. I've got like a permanent... A divot there in my skin. Anybody else have that? It's just like, I never take it off. I don't take it off to sleep. I don't take it off to shower. I just leave it on there unless I'm playing with it. And, uh, but I take that off and I'm still married. It just symbolizes the marriage that took place and the love for my wife. A baptism's a lot the same way. It's symbolic, but it's a very important symbol. Uh, just like if I decided to not wear my wedding ring anymore, How do you think my wife would feel about that? I knew a guy one time where I was working with him and we went out to eat and we sat down at a, it was a little hole in the wall, all you could eat, a pizza place with a big salad bar. And we sit down, we usually didn't work with him. I could call his name right now. Uh, He sat down and first thing he did was take off his wedding ring, put it in his pocket. And then I started noticing he was extra friendly to the waitress. And, uh, I asked him, and one of the guys there that worked with him a lot, he said, oh, he always does that at restaurants. He takes off his wedding ring and flirts with people so they don't know he's married. Uh, not a very good husband in that moment, sir. Uh, not not uh, being faithful to your vows. Uh, but how does Christ feel when we say, oh, I believe it in my heart, but let's just keep it secret. And we'll flirt around with the world. We'll flirt around with maybe some other gods, and we'll flirt around, but I'm just going to... just. My heart really belongs to you, but I don't want anybody to know. Uh, no, we ought to not be ashamed of the Lord. Amen? Uh, and and uh, we have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, we have a God who loves us and a God who we love. And good night. We ought to be spreading the message, not hiding it from people, uh, for sure. And so believer's baptism is important enough where Jesus Christ himself was baptized. I won't take you the time and show you the scriptures, We've looked at it many times, but Jesus Christ himself was baptized as our example. And when he was baptized, the Bible said they saw the Holy Spirit like a dove coming down upon him, signifying that he was the Messiah. And then a remarkable thing happened. People heard an audible voice, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God looked spoke down from heaven to where people could audibly hear something that rarely has happened in human history. But God chose that moment to say, this is such a big moment that I want everybody to know. Jesus already knew the Father was happy. But the Father said, I want everybody else to know how happy I am with my son. And I'll tell you, the day of baptism becomes a very special day. 
It just becomes a day whenever, boy, God just smiled down from heaven. And you just feel the Lord saying, man, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm pleased with you. And so baptism is a very important day. So we talked about the symbolism of baptism. The in the water, believe Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. Under the water, believe he was dead and buried. Uh, coming up out of the water, believing that he was resurrected. But then there's a part of baptism that's often forgotten, and that is getting up and walking out of the water. The symbol is still intact. Because the scripture says that after we're saved, we're to walk in newness of life. We are to be different because we're saved, and we ought to walk a different life. Hold your place here, and I'll just show you the verse. I, you should have it memorized, and if you don't, it's a good verse to memorize. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us. And folks, I hope you're constrained by the love of Christ. I hope you're captured by the love of Christ to, to just be captivated by what Christ did for you when He saved you and made salvation available for you. I fear that so often we hear about it, and we, we, we're, we get saved and we just get used to being saved. It's like living by the ocean. We're just used to seeing the ocean. We're used to smelling the salt air. You, you probably were days this week you woke up and didn't even consider that you're minutes away from the ocean. And uh, you you mad at the seagulls uh, in Wakefield trying to steal your french fries instead of being like, oh, there's a, there's a seagull. And you can drive by the ocean. Oh, look at all this traffic and all these people here. And this beautiful God's creation, literally the boundary between water and continent. We live here. We see it. The clouds, the air, the sun, the moon, the stars, it's unique and it's special. And yet we live every day and never think about it. But this summer, people are saving right now. And they'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars to come here and see what we're tired of. Same thing with the people who live by the Grand Canyon. Oh, that's the Grand Canyon. I'd love to go there someday. I've never seen it other than picture. Salvation is a lot that way. The human condition, we get so used to things that it's like, yeah, I'm saved. Anybody saved here tonight? Yeah, I'm saved. Oh, really? You look excited about it. Yeah, that's me. I had a preacher one time. He said, some of you need to tell your face that you're saved. <laughs> you know, because it's like, I know I'm saved in my heart, but it doesn't look like anything's going on right here. But the fact that we, we're going to live forever with God in heaven, that we are not under the, the penalty of our sins, that your soul that was condemned, literally a heartbeat from hell, one breath away from eternal damnation, and now we've been transformed into the very children of God. Yeah, I hope somebody brought something good for the fellowship tonight. Man, I, I gotta try to, I gotta try to beat Nesbitt in line because he always gets first and takes a bunch of food. I'm talking about heaven, and you're like, man, I wonder who's winning the game. You see how we, you see how we do. And I'm challenging us. For those that are newly saved or, or newly baptized or you've had a little bit of a revival where it's like, hey, I may have been saved for a long time, but man, I'm in this thing now. This is exciting. I want to follow God. 
Don't lose that because it's so easily gone. And, you know, sometimes the, the kids that grow up in our Christian homes, like my children, they don't know what it's like to live out in the world. They don't know what they're protected from, so they take it for granted. They don't know what it's like to get slapped across the face and knocked across the room. They don't know what it's like to get cursed out by your loved ones. To have someone in a drunken rage come after you. To go to bed weeping at night because of your family situation. And some of you have been through that. They don't know what it's like to have a dad cuss them out. A mom not care. So they can begin to say, yeah, this Christian thing, man. So you begin, all you see is the rules. It's like, well, I, I can't go do that, and I can't go do that. And, well, that's because that will kill you. That's because it will destroy you. And it will steal your youth. And take away every good thing that God gave you and strip it from you and leave you as a husk. Living, wondering why you're even alive, contemplating taking your own life. Folks, let's not not get over the newness of it. Amen. And if we're walking with God, I told someone today, the only way the Christian life makes sense is if you have a daily, dynamic walk with God. Did you talk to God today and know He heard you? Did God talk to you about anything? Did you have a still small voice whisper to you and you knew it was something bigger than yourself? Did you hear the preaching today and God spoke to you in a place that no one else speaks to you in? Did you read your Bible today or yesterday or this week and just be like, whoa, look at that, I never saw that. And the Holy Spirit begins making connections in your mind and applying the Word to your life and Christianity is not a system of rules and doctrines and dogma. Christianity is about a relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. It's a living relationship. And there's a newness. Sometimes we see this in marriage. The one you couldn't keep your hands off of, now you can't stand to look at him. The one you couldn't live without, now you're thinking, what was I thinking? Now I can't stand to live with him. The one that like, he's so perfect. And his, his eyes, they just he looks at me and I melt. And he's so perfect. And I see his muscles rippling under his shirt. And I just feel so safe when I'm around him. And I just feel so secure. And... Uh, right. What happens? Well, you didn't know his feet stink. And he doesn't know what a hamper is. And he squeezes the tube of toothpaste wrong. He doesn't put the toilet paper on the thing right. It's always going the wrong direction. And his breath stinks in the morning. He doesn't wake up perfectly quaffed with his hair just right and his, his manicured face and and, uh, you know, you look at him after dinner, he's got a big piece of broccoli sticking in his tooth, and he has no idea about it, and he's just smiling and talking. And it's like, and if you're not careful, the same guy that you used to look at across a similar table and say, I can't wait to spend my life with you, you look at him and be like, i got to spend the rest of my life with you. 
what happens? Yeah, hitting Brother Pash right where I cast. <laughs> no. What am I saying? Some of you are treating God that way. Except He hasn't changed. You have. He's just as precious as the day you met Him. He's just as pure and holy as that time you were convicted of your sin and you saw Him as holy and you saw yourself as sinful and you felt like you knew, you felt the conviction of sin. You knew that you were going to go to hell if nothing happened. He's just as loving and caring as the day He reached down from heaven and tapped you on the shoulder and said, I want you. And I don't know if you were sitting in a church service like this or at home on your couch or walking down the street, but somewhere, sometime, God came into your life and sent someone into your life and, as, and said, I want you to believe in me so we can be forever together. See, He hasn't changed. But we change. And I want to call us back to that newness. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Do you know in the morning He'll be there waiting for you? Do you know tonight when you go to bed, you can't see Him, but He tucks you in. And he thinks about you. And He's there with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know that the God of heaven is so starved for your attention? The Bible says you speak and he listens. James chapter 4, you draw nigh to him and he draws nigh to you. He's like that one that's just always ready. Always ready to reach out. Always ready to forgive. Always ready to move on. Always ready to bless. We talked this morning about how much of a rewarder God is and he loves to give and he loves to bless. And so we see the the newness of life. There's really only one thing that muddies the newness of life, and that's sin. The way we stay in that newness and that freshness of a relationship is we try to keep nothing between us and the Savior. I want to keep the account clean. I want to, if I sin, I deal with it quickly. Amen. There's not a one of us that didn't sin today. Yes. But some of you, your account's clean between the Lord right now because as soon as you sin, you said, whoa, Lord, I don't want anything to come between our relationship. And there may be someone here that you haven't cleaned out that in a long time, and there's all kinds of stuff piled to the, to the point to where you wonder if he's even there. I was reading a story one time and it's actually a, uh, led into a documentary and they were talking about crazy things and this guy lost his hearing and he was going deaf literally going deaf and he finally went to the ear doctor and he's thinking you know he's not going to be able to hear anymore his life's changing he's going to have to get some really expensive you know he didn't have $5,000 or whatever for hearing aids and uh, but life had changed for him. He just he couldn't hear the birds sing. He couldn't hear people talk. He, and he went to the doctor. And the doctor laid him down on the table and dug out so much earwax. So much earwax that it was like a plug. 
And you want to talk about gross. I mean, yeah, I don't want to think about it. And they just, just pulled that stuff out. He could hear fine. The problem wasn't with his physical hearing. It was what he allowed to build up. And I wonder sometimes when we don't sense the presence of the Lord, when we can't hear his voice, when, when he doesn't seem to be as close, we know the problem's not with him. <clears throat> but often it's because of what we've allowed to build up in our lives. And all we need is a good cleaning. And so we confess, we forsake, we repent, we ask God to cleanse that pathway. Every single day of your life. Here's what I want you to do. Every single day of your life. I want you to wake up in the morning. I want you to talk to God. And I want you to say, Lord, if there's anything between us right now, I want you to bring it to my mind. I'll confess it. Forgive me of anything that might be between us. And if there's something that I need to confess, you bring it to my mind right now and I'll confess it. You'd be surprised what pops in your mind. Things you'd even forgotten about. And every day before you go to bed, I want you to talk to God. And I want you to say, Lord, if there's anything between us, I need to hear from you. I, I need to know you're there. I want to walk in newness of life. I, 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 need, I need my salvation to be like it was. I don't want to get old in the faith and just be one of these uh, Christians that just sit soaking sour and, and everything's a problem and they're so entitled and they've been saved a long time and done nothing with it. And uh, Lord, I want to I want to see answers to prayer today and tomorrow. Lord, I want I want to read the Bible in the morning and see something out of it, something that you show me that nobody else showed me, but it was from you. I want to go through my day tomorrow and and sense your presence. I challenge you to not let your faith get stale. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Don't let it get stale. Keep it fresh. And ask for that newness of life. Purpose every day. Lord, help me to walk in newness of life today. And then later tonight or tomorrow, you can read the rest of that chapter. What does newness of life look like? Romans 6, 7, and 8. Let me tell you something. There's no better way to live than in newness of life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth and for the opportunity. We ask that you would help us to walk in newness of life. Don't let our Christianity get stale. Help it to be fresh. Help us to walk with you every day, to talk with you, to hear your voice, to keep short accounts with you. And Lord, then when we're doing that, boy, the joy rushes in, the love, the fruit of the Spirit just rush in, overflow us, fill us. What an amazing thing. Help us to continue seeing people saved. Help folks to continue following you in baptism. Help our church to 
continue fulfilling the Great Commission. But Lord, may we do it with joy, with passion, with newness and freshness, with vitality that comes from walking in newness of life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If the Lord spoke to your heart, it's a good time to do something about it. You're feeling that deadness. You're feeling that stale, old feeling. It's a great time to make it right. Ask God to help us walk in newness of life. Maybe you're not there and it's not, it's not all that bad, but you just know you're missing that zip. You're missing that pep in your step. You're missing something. Say, God, give me that newness of life. Help me to walk in it every day. Let's stand. As the piano plays, the altar's open.